everyone. Welcome back to the Afternoon Ask Anything show here on DKPittsburghSports.com. I'm Chris Carter here with Dave Molinari. We're breaking things down for you over the, the, over the, over the next half hour-ish. we got to cut it a little short today because, you know, it's going to be um, – uh, you know, it's it's going to be there. We go. There's our names. Uh, but it, we were cutting a little short because we got we had DK is going to be on Mark Madden's. We want to make sure that you can hear that on 105.9 the X. So tune in at 3:30 for uh, Dayan Kovacevic talking to Mark Madden and getting you ready for Game Six of Penguins versus Islanders. Um, but we can also do that here because we have the legendary, the Hall of Fame writer Dave Molinari here. Get breaking things down. Now, Dave, you're out in New York right now. I, you know, what's your, I, I will just give me some primer. Give me some, some understanding of what the Penguins are, are, are thinking or trying to do to get ready to bounce back from what happened at the end of game five. Well, it, I mean, it, it's hard to say. And first of all, I, I thought I got to be Christopher Carter this week. <laughs> um, but I mean, it, it's hard to say what's going on behind closed doors for them to get ready for this. I mean, they're, they're not only having to, try to bounce back from my, you know, a conventional defeat uh, and save their season. But, but one that had, had to be a real gut punch where they outplayed the uh, Islanders by a considerable margin in game five, only to lose it because of a terrible lapse in judgment by their goaltender in uh, double overtime. Uh, Yeah. So uh, they, uh, I, I had picked the Penguins to win the series in six games. I, th- I think they're still capable of, of winning the series, but their chances will certainly be influenced by how they're able to put uh, the end of game five behind them because that, that had to be a, uh, a real psychological blow, even for people who make their living in sports and, and, have to deal with ups and downs on a regular basis like they do. Agreed there. It's definitely had to, had to be a blow. When you play that that strongly in a game, I mean, I would, you look at the shot numbers, you look at the opportunities, the chances, you know, the, the Penguins should have won that game going away. And at, le- at least from the way I was watching it. And, 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 even, and like you think that even if, even if, if Jar just hadn't made that bad pass and maybe they, you know, maybe they get some time and they do eventually put the puck in the, in, in the Islanders net. And then we're talking about them having a chance to close things out in Long Island. You know, that would change the dynamics of everything going on right now. Um, first of all, again, remember, you can ask us questions on Facebook Live, YouTube or Periscope to get questions to us. I know that, that the Penguins are getting ready to play game six tonight. So this is a good chance to, to get primed up for that. We have a few people popping in and saying hello. What's up, David Harris? How you doing? He says good afternoon. Um, let's get into some things. We're going to take a quick second here to t- answer a Steelers question. Uh, Chad Parsons asks, uh, were you at OTA today for the Steelers and anything stand out? I wasn't there. Dale was. Uh, but we, we we conversed. We spoke. Um, I, I think the coolest thing that stood out was Kevin Dotson and the way that he talked about Adrian Clem, the new the offensive line coach. He talked about how the Steelers are ready to run through people's faces. To, to quote Marshawn Lynch, that's that that was kind of like, whoa, that's the direction the Steelers offensive line is going. And remember, Steelers offensive line last year, more passive, more pass protective. Hey, let's let's make sure Ben Roethlisberger is okay. But Kevin Donson is saying Adrian Clemens like, no, 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 no. You guys are going to get up in people's faces, get in the middle of them, and just plow them off the ball. 
that's the mentality that they're embracing right now with the Steelers. I'm very intrigued to see how this plays into when the pads start going on and there gets to be some hitting in training camp. But that's still several months away. Got a lot to talk about there. Now, Dave, this is relatively new information that's about to pop up here. Um, Karen Kelbecki asks, any thoughts on Robert Morris University's move to discontinue their D1 men's and women's hockey programs? Uh, Dave, in, in, in my understanding, those were like the only major hockey programs, uh, college hockey programs in, in the Pittsburgh area. Uh, have you heard of this or do you have any insight as to why that might have had? Like, like, did anyone have a reason to see this coming? I I certainly did not see it coming. I only learned of it in in the last hour or so. Uh, I found it to be stunning. Uh, Robert Morris has a pretty competitive uh, men's hockey program. I, I honestly can't speak to the state of, of the women's program there. Uh, but the men's program was pretty good. They were pretty competitive with uh, some of the better programs in the nation. I don't know the financial situation you know, with the athletic program there. Obviously, it's not good or they, they wouldn't have... Uh, made such a move presumably but it's uh it's uh, you know a a setback for hockey in the the pittsburgh area i know a lot of uh local guys played there uh the coach derek schooley was pretty highly regarded i suspect he won't have too much trouble uh finding another job if he uh doesn't have any reservations about leaving the pittsburgh area but uh no, that was that was a shocker. I, I did not see that one coming, and I, I really hadn't heard anyone speculate about the possibility. Yeah, it just seems wild. But one thing I think back to now, I, I have no experience on any Robert Morris beat or or or, or, or covering their hockey. But <clears throat> one thing that's been made clear in talking to Heather Like and talking to leaders across all of college sports. Everybody took a big hit this year with the pandemic financially. No attendance, just limited games, everything. It was it was a huge blow. And some universities were going to be able to absorb it better than others. And Robert Morris just might be one of those one of those universities where they had to make the, you know, they had to think of make some sacrifices, or there were just some things that they were gonna have to stop to be able to survive this this whole instance. And it's another unfor- excuse me, unfortunate part of how COVID-19 continues to impact sports, at least. That's my estimation. I'm not. I, I. I'm not saying that's definitely the reason of why this happened, but that's the tie that I see the straight line of why this might have happened. Especially like you said, again, I'm not even a hockey person, uh, especially college hockey. But I knew that Robert Morris had a, had a serious hockey program, and for this to happen to them, yeah, that, that sucks. Uh, you know, seeing seeing local local uh, program go out like that. So I'm sure we'll get more information on this. Jared Pruger wrote about it. Um, on DKPittsburghSports.com. Go check out his article detailing what happened here. Um, but let's move into some other talks here. Um, we have some more hockey questions. Brian LaRore, I apologize if I messed up your name, Brian. Uh, but uh, Brian says, good afternoon, gentlemen. Will Pens look for a goalie in the offseason? What chances are Mount- is it that Malkin is trading in the offseason? David, it's like game six is already over. We're just talking about the offseason right now. Yeah, I, I think we should hold off uh, on, on anything definitive in the, uh, that regard. Uh, you know, it, it's hard to say exactly what Ron Hextall makes of what he's seen of Tristan Jari so far. I think during uh, the regular season when Hextall was on board, Jari, for the most part, played extremely well. And uh, uh, Hextall probably had to be pretty happy about that. However, you know, he's uh, he had a, a 
really bad game in the opener against the Islanders and then that terrible puck handling blunder that that cost them game five and that obviously isn't the way to impress your boss especially when he was a uh, former goaltender of of some renown uh, you know whether the Penguins would be ready to cast him aside and look for a replacement I think it's a little early to make that judgment it, it's not out of the the question though uh, and, and as for trading Malkin, uh, he that would largely be up to Malkin. Even if the Penguins would decide that they wanted to shop uh, him, he has a uh, no movement clause in his mm. contract. So if he he would have the power to veto any trade that they would make, um, you know whether they would approach him about waiving that. You know, we we don't know at this point, but it's it's not that as if they could trade him unilaterally. No, yeah, I think that's a as very for uh, okay, yeah. Uh, the the question about a uh, shopping for a backup goaltender, I believe Casey DeSmith still has a year left mm. on his contract. Uh, I expect him to be exposed in the expansion draft because they have to. Uh, they have to make one guy uh, with uh, a number of established criteria available, and, and he fits in that regard. Uh, but if he wouldn't be claimed by the Kraken, and I, I think at this point that it's probably a long shot. I mean, it's hard to say exactly what Seattle will do because they have a master plan. It's not as if they're just going to pick the best player off of each of uh, 30 teams. Uh, because they have to have a plan to to assemble a team, not just a, a collection of you know, you know, they could end up with thirty left wingers if they uh, if they just uh, pick the best individual off of each team. So if if they don't have to uh, shop for a a backup to to replace the Smith, I, I would not expect that to be very high on the to do list. No, I think that's interesting. Do you do you think that there's a possibility of his injury maybe influencing the the Kraken to uh, to maybe not pick him? Because I know, in, at least in the NFL, when a player is hurt, even if it's not considered a long term injury, there's still questions like I'm not sure how they're going to re- recover from that. Uh, well, I mean, we don't know exactly what dismiss injury is, mm. so it, it's kind of tough to say. Right. But I think in general. Uh, Injuries don't get held against hockey players in, okay. in terms of transactions uh, the way they seem to in, in football. I think if a guy does something where he, perhaps he has to have ACL surgery or something like that, that might cause some questions. But for your conventional hockey injury, uh, that usually isn't enough to uh, dissuade a team that's, that's interested in uh, adding a particular player. Absolutely. Don't forget, this show is brought to you by Mike's Beer Bar, the North Shore Tavern, both situated right across the street from PNC Park on Federal Street in the North Shore of Pittsburgh. Go there to get experience over 500 beers available to you, 80 of which are on tap, and all of those are locally made right here in Western Pennsylvania. You'll get to sample a ton of great beer, a ton of great food. It's a great time. And again, right across the street from the ballpark, if you want to get to experience some baseball this summer, 
that's the place to go do it along with that baseball. So thank you for Mike's Beer Bar for always supporting us. We're going to take a quick break to do a commercial. When we come back, we're going to keep taking your questions right here on the Afternoon Ask Anything show here on DKPittsburghSports.com. At DK Pittsburgh Sports, we take pride in coverage that connects our city's fans to their favorite teams. Now, that connection's stronger than ever. Introducing our all-new state-of-the-art app. Find expert inside reporting and original podcasts. Check live box scores. Track the latest stats. Chat it up with our community of thousands of fans, all in one place. The new app from DK Pittsburgh Sports. Coverage that connects. We're back here on the afternoon. Ask anything show here on DKPittsburghSports.com. Thanks for tuning in. Either if you're going, if you're listening, watching live or listening live on Facebook Live, YouTube, or Periscope, don't forget you can drop us questions in our comment section on either of those platforms. And if you're missing any of our answers, just tune in to our podcast platform. You can get all of our DKPittsburghSports.com podcasts for free on Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Just hit the search and rate us five stars with positive comments. Those things really help us out. Let's get back to some of your questions here. Um, we got a question from Swan269, one of our regular listeners and uh, regular watchers and askers. Thank you, Swan269. says, hey, Chris, how many carries a game do you think Snell and McFarland will get per game to let Harris get some rest? It's a good question. Um, tough to tell right now because – we got to see if those guys are the top backups. You know, Kalen Balaj came in, and I, I see him as the guy that's, that's here to say, okay, young bucks, let's let's push it. Let's see what you guys got. And if you're not up to snuff in training camp on all the roles and responsibilities that, that the Steelers expect of their running backs, you're going to be taking a back seat. So, But whoever the backup is, I'd expect to run anywhere from five to eight carries a game where they're like, hey, Najee, go take a break. But also, Najee's extremely well-conditioned, and that's one thing that the Steelers have said. That's one thing Alabama said. That's something he's talked about, how even when he drove nine hours to go watch his teammates at Alabama do their pro day, not participate in the pro day, just watch his teammates do it, he then he, he drove there to get there at 5 o'clock in the morning so that at 7 o'clock in the morning he could do his morning workout that he does every single day on his own. So – when I hear that and I see that about Najee Harris, this is a guy who, like Le'Veon Bell when he was with the Steelers, he was so well-conditioned, he didn't want to take time off. And if you remember, when the Steelers played the Titans, I think it was in 2016, 2017, I think it was 2017, uh, no, it was 2015, excuse me, um, uh, when, they, when they played, or maybe 2014, no, it was 2014. Wow, it's that long ago. And either way, when he was running the ball, Garrett Blunt didn't like that. They didn't like that he wasn't coming off the field. So Garrett Blunt literally walked off. That's where I think Najee Harris is gonna is gonna be for the Steelers. He's gonna be a guy that's just toting the rock. They may give him a couple steps of a breather, but he's a guy who'd be willing to take all of those carries. Moving along with more questions here. Sorry, we're getting a little caught up with all the different questions. Uh Chad Parsons says, hoping Crosby and Gensel can get going tonight. Um, Dave, Crosby hasn't so had <laughs> uh, we're going back to the Penguins here. Um, uh, Crosby and Crosby and Gensel, uh, you know, you, that, that's one thing is that they were able to get a lot of shots, but they weren't able to put the puck in the net. Um, how, what do you see? Maybe you know, do you see the, do you see that front line pair making a huge difference in this game tonight? Well, for the for the or Penguins, trio, they, yeah, it, it is those two with with Brian Ross on on Penguins top line. Uh, so far, those three guys who are, you know, their top three, you know, it's their, their top forward combination at the very least, if not their top three offensive uh, performers, 
uh, they've combined for only six points in, in five games. And, you know, I'll give the Islanders some, some of the credit for that, certainly. Uh, but the Penguins have to get more out, out of their top line. Uh, they've actually been getting pretty decent uh, offensive support from from the uh, their bottom six forwards, uh, you know, uh, Jeff Carter and Zach Aston Reese and Brandon Tan have had a big goal, uh, but they they've got to get more out of the uh, the top six forwards, you know, Malkin and Kasperi Kapanen and the the Crosby line. Uh, you you know you're not most likely going to score a ton of goals against the Islanders, but but you have to get some from your uh, from your your big offensive talents. Agreed entirely there. Uh, Sherrod Learn says, will Cam Sutton take the slot corner, and who is the front runner at corner opposite of Joe Hayden? Actually, Sherrod, I'll I, take I, that one, Chris. <laughs> Dave, and no, actually, you should. No, Dave, I want to hear your expertise. Cam Sutton, is he slot corner, is he outside corner? What's he going to do this year? I'm picking him to play football. No, um, in all seriousness, no, Sherrod, um, I see Cam Sutton playing outside corner actually, because he's proven he could he can compete out there. And outside corner, there's a lot more responsibilities heaped upon you than slot corner. Slot corner, you get more assistance because you're lined up in the middle part of the field. Outside corner, you're the boundaries. You're often the guy that 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 they they you cannot let stuff get behind you unless you get safety help. So um uh so so that's uh so that that's where I see uh Cam Cam Sutton fitting in. The question will be slot corner, and that's um that's kind of where Steelers fan 11 11 68 um went with this question. Says out of Mark Gilbert, Shakur Brown, and Lamonte Wade, who is the sleeper to make the roster? Uh, you know, Shakur Brown to me isn't even a sleeper. I think that he makes the roster because he's that competitive of a slot corner type of guy. Um I'm not looking as much to Mark Gilbert. He'd have to beat out James Pierre, Justin Lane, and and Cam Sutton. Enjoy like like there's there, there's a lot of lines to make that. Um, Lamont Lamont Wade could potentially make it if he can be a little bit more physical in the middle part of the field. But he there's a lot of guys like Marcus Allen and Antoine Brooks who can who can fill that type of role. But Shakur Brown, that's the guy I have battling with Trey Norwood for slot snaps this year just to get experience in that department. We have a Penguins question here ready for you, Dave. We got Ed Vidra who says, uh, can they expose Malkin in the expansion draft? <gasps> Building off the question where you said that they couldn't trade him. Uh, and the answer is no, unless he would agree to it. Uh, there is precedent for a guy agreeing to that. It happened with Marc-Andre Fleury hmm. uh, before he went to uh, Vegas in, in that uh, 2017 expansion draft. But by virtue of his no movement clause, uh, Malkin can't be exposed in that draft again, unless he would, you know, if management would approach him and ask him if he was okay with that, uh, it, the the clause could be waived. But I would be kind of surprised uh, if they would approach him, and I'd be even more surprised if if Malkin would agree to it. Yeah, I just I I think that's a that's a tough call as well. There, um, Steelers fan asks, any chance Matt Canada's offense makes Big Ben call more running plays? Well, I, I think it's more so about Big Ben believing in his backfield, and that's why they drafted Najee Harris because last year he was looking at a backfield that didn't really have that primary running back that could take over a game, and 
you know, when the game was on the line, especially those middle games, they were playing the Titans and the Ravens and, you know, and back-to-back road games, you know, you saw Ben Roethlisberger say, you know what, I'm going to do this with my receivers because they're the most talented players we have uh, as skill players on offense. So um, I think Matt Canada's offense is going to be built around more around Najee Harris because they know they need to run the ball. And that's also something Art Rooney said that he wants to see happen. And as Mike Tomlin said, he's the boss. So that I, I definitely see that happening a lot more. Uh, but it won't just be because of the play calling. It will be because Ben is going to know like, hey, there's this really good player behind me and I'm going to hand the ball off to him and let him let him do what he does. Um, and if the Steelers are running game gets going this year, you'll definitely see them relying on a lot more. It'll be, I, I am 95 percent sure this offense is going to be a lot more balanced than it was last year. Um, but uh, but there's that. All right. Let's scroll through some more of our questions here. Um, all right, Dave. We get our. We talked about this before the show. We get a pirates question, and not just a pirates question, <laughs> a pirates minor league question. Now, for those who don't know, Dave covers hockey. I cover football and sometimes college basketball. So, you're about to get some amazing expertise here on what's happening with O'Neill Cruz. Richard Deal, in a long question, says, "When will they move O'Neill Cruz from shortstop to some other position? I've been watching him MLB on, and he made two errors in last night's game and looked horrible in the position. I've never, I've, I've, I've seen this in other Altoona games I've watched. I'm not sure if he'd be any good in the corner outfield positions, given that his throwing is kind of wild. What position do you think the Pirates should put him at? I mean, one thing about Ono Cruz, I believe he's like like six seven, six eight, or something like that. He's ridiculously tall, Dave. When I think of tall guys, I, you know, slap him at first base. You know, do something, do something along those lines. You know, get, get him out so he can get the long stretch. That's about the extent of my expertise in this question. Does this mean that their farm team isn't in Columbus anymore? No, nah, I think so. Has it ever been in Columbus? I don't even know. <laughs> yeah, it was some a uh, few decades back. So that's why I was like, I don't remember this, but maybe Dave knows something that I don't hear. Oh no, he's making a joke about about, about age. Uh, this is great. Uh, so, <laughs> um, so absolutely, yes. Yeah. So uh, to answer your question, Richard, we don't know, but I'd estimate that if he keeps messing up, they're going to want to get his bat somewhere on the field where he is limiting their defensive mistakes. So um, definitely put that. But uh, that's definitely a question for Alex or Gerard when they're on this show, because um, they will they 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 are very great at monitoring those type of things. All right, let's see. Steelers fan, man, man, my man Steelers fan is always asking a ton of questions. We thank you because we appreciate the questions, and that's what the show's about is answering y'all questions. But he says, did PFF do Big Ben dirty by placing him at 16th best quarterback entering the 2021 season? Absolutely, yes. I mean, last year, listen, PFF grades are some of the weirdest things in the world. Last year, Daniel Jones was ranked as a higher quarterback than, than Ben Roethlisberger when Ben was like, have like 26 touchdowns and five interceptions. And Daniel Jones had like as many interceptions as touchdowns. I just, I don't understand how these great, it's just, it's just like, they're like, hmm, who do we like today? That guy's the top quarterback. And it's just, you know, and, and PFF, they have regularly dissed the Steelers, regularly dissed uh, Ben Roethlisberger, Ben Roethlisberger, uh, 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 Dale Lollies told me a story about how they they rated Ramon Foster as one of the worst guards in the league, and then as soon as they talked to him and he said, no, no, I saw what you said about me. I'm not talking to y'all. Then they increased his rating. So it's, it's very much – I think their grades are s- super subjective to their own personal biases, and, you know, that that's fine. You know, everyone's got biases. But I I, I think that, that Ben Roethlisberger s- sees these criticisms. He hears them, and that's why he's out here working on the first day of OTAs and the second day of OTAs because he's tired of people talking about it. He wants to prove people wrong. So that's just me. Um, Let's see here. Um, We got a question from David Harris. Uh, So our top sports, 
Uh, sorry, David. Actually, I'm not sure what this question is. Uh, so top sports icons in Pittsburgh sports history. Okay, I, I, we're, we're going to flip this. We're going to flip this. I think Dave wants to know who the top sport icons in Pittsburgh sports history. Dave Molinari, quick thinking. I'm doing super cliche here. Pittsburgh sports, Mount Rushmore. Go. Oh, jeez. Uh, <laughs> I hit you with a big one. Mario Lemieux, certainly for hockey. Okay. Um, I guess I'd probably go with Joe Green mm-hmm. for uh, for the Steelers. Uh, I was a big Jack Ham fan, but uh, I'd probably go with Green in that regard. I'm really partial to Roberto Clemente uh, for uh, for baseball. And uh, I don't know who I'd pick from Robert Morris hockey to uh, complete Mount Rushmore. <laughs> that was that's a that's a great way to end that. Is I I don't know who I pick for. They're just all so good. Uh, <laughs> all right, all right, all right. My Mount Rushmore: Lemieux, definitely. Clemente, definitely. Joe Green, definitely. But also, I got to put Franco Harris. And I know I'm doubling up on Steelers there. But that's the that's the team that that's run this town. When you come to the airport, you see a statue of George Washington and a statue of Franco Harris. That's all you need to know. That's so all should you need George to know. Washington be there too? Uh, he was on the original expansion team, wasn't he? <laughs> he? He was he was part of the first Super Bowl with Chuck Noll. <laughs> um, but 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 yeah, though, so there's your sports icon question. Uh, Rick Azoto says, uh, Clemente Stargell and you and mean Joe Green, two pirates making the list. That's an interesting decision there. But hey, I Rick, I get you. Hey, while we're here, we're, 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 we're gonna close things out a little early here. If you're watching this, give me your Pittsburgh Mount Rushmore's right now. We're gonna we're gonna close things out with some rapid fire answering questions and then if you post a a good pittsburgh sports mount rushmore uh group i I will click on it and announce it on the show before it ends um so last few things here going back and answering some questions uh steelers fan asks what's the chance of the steelers signing richard sherman before zero training camp i say five percent to zero percent it ain't happening he's already said the steelers aren't even calling him the steelers are making calls about other players like ryan kerrigan who did get signed by the eagles Richard Sherman, he's old. He's a zone corner. They do more than what the what he's asked for of these days. I don't think there's any chance he comes to Pittsburgh. So uh, he's not on, on the run. Brian Poole, uh, jet slot cornerback, has a better chance of getting to the Steelers. Uh, Chad Parsons brings up that Mark Gilbert, the uh, um, the 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 cornerback the Steelers signed uh, for cheap. He's uh, he's he's got a lot of pedigree in his bloodlines, being Revis's cousin. Hey, yes, we we know that, but you know, bloodlines don't get you everything. He's going to get a shot. But he's got to prove it in camp, and uh, I think Shakur Brown's had some success there. Sir Walter Thirteen says his is uh, his his uh, uh, Mount Rushmore for Pittsburgh is Mario Lemieux, Mean Joe Green, Honus Wagner, and Arnold Palmer. That was the one on Dale's list when he did this uh, uh, a couple months back. He put Arnold Palmer there with his guys. Honus Wagner, I get that. You know, he's the old school pirate. I just and again, like I, I only grew up. My best pirate of my generation of me watching. Well, I mean, technically Barry Bonds would be in that mix, but I didn't watch them. But Andrew McCutcheon would be the only person I could say. But I, I at least know of Clemente. I I have very little knowledge of who Honus Wagner was, other than you know his baseball card and everything else that goes with it. Um, so there's that. Um, all right, let's uh, let's round this out here. Let's see. Last question. Okay, Chad, Chad Parsons asked, uh, do you think the Steelers will sign a Mark Ingram or proven outside linebacker or as a third pass rusher? I don't see Mark Ingram being a thing. I do see a third pass rusher coming. They already tried to get Ryan Kerrigan. They know they need depth at that position. It's an absolute need. So that's uh, 
Um, that that's where I see that going. And then finally, uh, our, our another Mount Rushmore here from Steelers Steelers fan says Clemente, Mean Joe Green, Lemieux, and Jerome Bettis. Wow, Jerome Bettis making our Mount Rushmore. That's pretty dope. I ain't seen that too many times. Dave, we got to cut this off because hey, if you're watching this right now. Tune to 105.9 X here in Pittsburgh or go to their online page and listen to it live. Dan Cabaccio is about to be breaking down all things game game six for Penguins versus Islanders with Mark Madden on his radio show. It's going to be a fun listen. Hope to join you there. Thanks again, Dave Molinari. Remember to subscribe to DKPittsburghSports.com's podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and rate us five stars with a positive comment. Chris Carter and Dave Molinari signing off.